People get so caught up with religion instead of relationship. All these rules and regulations to be a Christian. Don't do this, don't do that. That's what the Holy Spirit was given because He tells you what to do and what not to do. We don't need men's regulations. We need God's Word. God's Word is so important. When we read it, when we study it, then we can be informed. We can be fed by the Word of God. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Roll Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Today's message continues our study of Acts with more inspiration from the Apostle Paul. As Roll zeroes in on Paul's consistent habit of prayer, he'll encourage us to carefully seek divine direction in our kingdom building service. You'll see how confidence in God's leading can propel your obedience and leave you undeterred when you encounter obstacles as Paul did. With today's teaching, here's Raul Reese. Well, if you have your Bible, turn to Acts chapter 21. 21 beginning with 1. He says, And now it came to pass, and when we had departed, notice the word departed there literally means to tear away. When we tore away, from them we set sail, running a straight course, we came to Kos, following the day, Rhodes, Rhodes is 60 miles from Kos, they travel another 60 miles to Rhodes. And there to Patera. Patera is one of the principal cities of the Roman providence in Lycia. And the seat of the Roman proconsult. All these islands, the places that Paul went to, they were all had something to do with him. And finding a ship sailing over Phoenicia, 400 mile volley. They went 400 miles by boat. Notice, to get a three, five-day journey to get to Caesarea. And when we had sighted Cyprus, we passed on it, on the left, sailed to Syria and landed at Tyra, for there the ship was to unload her cargo. Now, they're going across the Mediterranean. Those of you that have been to Israel with us, the Mediterranean is amazing, amazing place. But also, when you look at these islands in your map, you can look at these islands. They believe that Paul the Apostle discovered Cyprus on his way to Jerusalem for the first time. They ever saw it. It was pretty cool. And when you think what he says here, we had sighted Cyprus. We passed on it, left, sailed to Syria, and landed on Tyra. For there the ship was unloaded. Notice what he says there. We landed, we're going to unload, and they're going to spend their seven days, seven days unloading. He says that the ship would later take Paul the Apostle and his crew over to the voyage, over to Rome. The same boat that he took, he's going to Jerusalem, and from Jerusalem, when he takes that boat, he's going to take him to Rome. In Rome, he'll become a captive. He will become one that will put in prison. He will be held by chains before he's beheaded, Paul the Apostle. He says, and finding disciples, notice he's searching for believers, and finding disciples, we stayed there seven days, 
Imagine, seven days, they told Paul through the Spirit not to go up to Jerusalem. Have you ever had anybody tell you, don't go? But Paul knew that he had to go because he was willing to suffer for Christ. What kind of things are you willing to suffer for Christ in your life? That's an important question. What are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to suffer for in your life for Jesus Christ? And Paul the Apostle had so many things that he could share. But here they're warning him. And they believe that the Holy Spirit is warning him. Because they're saying what? And we stayed there seven days and they told Paul through the Spirit. He says not to go up to Jerusalem. Now the commentary said these guys are Spirit or the Holy Spirit. Well I believe here that it might have been the Holy Spirit. Warning Paul. But a lot of times when the Holy Spirit warns us, He's also going to give us peace if He wants us to do that. Even though they tried to discourage Him from going, He knew in His heart that He had to go. Listen, verse 5. And when we had come to the end of those days, notice, we departed. You notice the word we, 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 that's Luke talking of himself with Paul. And then we had come to the end of those days. We departed and went on our way. And they all accompanied us with wives, children, until we were out of the city and we knelt down on the shores and prayed. I love that. Notice touching and demonstration of love for the families that went with them. Women and children with Paul the Apostle, wives. You notice that again, men and women, including Paul, and the key in this whole verse is what? Prayer. Man, Paul, every time you read about Paul, he's praying. In chapter 20, he's praying. I said this before from the pulpit, that it's really important that when you go home, you get there after work or whatever it is, and you're getting ready to go to bed, that you spend some time alone with the Lord so that he can speak to you. And I always share this because I think it's important. If you're going to, before you go to bed, it's cool if you get on your knees with your face to the ground and begin to pray and to wait on the Lord to speak to you. And when you get up in the morning, the same way. Finish your day with prayer and start your day with prayer. And throughout the whole day, you're going through prayer. You don't have to get on your knees while you're working. You take your lunch. You can say little simple prayers or in your heart, you'd be praying the whole time. For whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, whatever people have asked you to pray for. And Paul was a man of prayer. A man of prayer. So was Luke. So was Peter. So was James. All these guys, they were men of prayer. How did they learn? They learned by watching Jesus pray. He prayed sometimes all night long. Imagine when he came to the Garden of Gethsemane. We talked about this on Sunday morning. That he's sitting there, he's praying, and he's asking the Father, Father, should I or should I not do it? Imagine. Should I or should I not? But then deep in his heart, because he knew the Father's will, Father, I will do it. And I will do it because I love you. And we should do things because we love him, not because we have to do it. Because we love him. Serving him. Praying. Sharing the gospel with people because we love him. 
And I could just see Paul the Apostle sitting there and looking at his own personal life and kneeling down on the shore with them and praying with every one of them. The last time he prayed on his knees, remember, he's leaving the elders at Ephesus and he's heading out and they're all weeping and they're praying together. And Jesus wanted to make sure, Father, I love you, I love you, I love you. I will obey you. I will do whatever you want me to do. Paul the Apostle was like that. He prayed. He said, pray without ceasing. 1 Thessalonians 5. Pray without ceasing. Don't ever stop praying. And imagine Paul sitting there, watching these women, watching these children, these wives, and sitting there as they're praying and asking God, Lord, here we are, whatever you want to do in our lives. Verse 6, he says, and when we had taken our leave of one another, We boarded the ship, and they returned home. So they came to the shore. They prayed together. Now they're departing. Paul is departing. gets on the ship, and they're heading toward Jerusalem. Then he says, verse 7, And when we had finished our voyage from Tyra, we came to Telamias, greet the brethren, and stayed with them one day. So they go, verse 8, check this out. And the next day, who were Paul's companions, departed. They came to Caesarea and entered the house of Philip, the evangelist, who was one of the seven and stayed with him. Those of you that have gone to Israel with us, you know where Caesarea is. It's an amazing place. You come from uh, Tel Aviv, and we take the bus from Tel Aviv, and we, down, we go down to the Sherm Valley, and you come to Caesarea, this beautiful place. I mean, today all the millionaires, Jewish millionaires have beautiful homes there. When I first went, there was nothing there. There was these big hills of sand. And underneath those hills of sand, there were these fortresses that they have uncovered now. This big old uh, race arena where horses used to run. You can see it today. It's amazing. huge. And that was under the sands. And they took all that out. And when you go to Israel, you begin to see, wow, this place is here, that place is here, that place is here. And you begin to get your Bible. You go, Wow. I've been there. I know what's there. I know what happened there. And all of a sudden you go, wow, Lord, I can't believe that now I can see what you've written in your word. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you have prayer requests or Bible questions, you can email them to Raul personally at pastorraul at somebodylovesyou.com. For Bible-rich resources to grow you in your faith, visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. Now back to the conclusion of today's study. He goes on, verse 19. And now this man, Philip, had four virgin daughters who prophesied. Who prophesied. Now, let me stop you for one second. This is important. In verse 8, when he says, and enter the house of Philip, this was 20 years later from Acts, from Acts chapter 6, 20 years later. Here he is now. And then you see there in verse 9, and now this man had four virgin daughters who prophesied. So you got to go back now to Joel chapter 2, verse 28, or the whole chapter you can read. Where he says that in the last days, God was going to raise up prophetess. Remember, prophets, evangelists, all these things that God spoke about in the book of Joel chapter 228. 
Well, now here, after 25 years, the word of God is coming to pass. Coming to pass. You know, in order for us to understand the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you need to read Romans chapter 12, Ephesians chapter 4. You need to read 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 12 through 14, I would read. And then you can understand there are 21 gifts of the Holy Spirit. 21 gifts. How many of those gifts do you possess in your life? 21 gifts. When a person is teaching the word of God, he's using the gift of what? Of prophecy. The word is prophecy. The word of God is given to you. You're going to understand the word of God as God reveals through his Holy Spirit what the word of God is saying to each one of us individually. And these girls, they were not only virgins, but they were in a place where the Lord was using them to prophesy the word of God so that men can understand what they were saying. And then it says in verse 10, and when we stayed many days, we don't know how many days, a certain prophet named Agabus. So here comes now the prophet. And the girls are prophetess, notice. And came down from Judea. Now, God sets it all up now for Paul the apostle. He lands and comes to Caesarea. The Lord raises Agabus to come to talk to Paul. And he's going to minister to him. He says, verse 11. And when he had come to us, he took Paul's belt. He takes his belt off. Bound it around his hand and feet and said, Thus saith the Holy Spirit, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind this man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Paul, you're going to be imprisoned by the Jews. Paul, don't go to Jerusalem. I got to go to Jerusalem. Again, here. The prophet is warning him. This is what's going to happen to you, Paul. But you know, when when the word of God burns in your heart, and you know what God has called you to do, you really don't care what people say. God is warning him through the Holy Spirit here. Paul, this is what's going to happen to you. In verse 12, And now when we heard these things, both we, Luke and Paul, and those from the place pleaded with Paul, don't go up to Jerusalem, Paul. Please don't go up. And Paul was not afraid. He knew. Verse 13, and then Paul answered. Here's his answer. Paul, don't go. Paul says, what do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart? You guys, you're breaking my heart. God has spoken to me. And you're telling me, that I should not take the message to Jerusalem? I know you care for me. I know you love me. But the Holy Spirit burns deep in my heart. What do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart? For I am already not only bound, but also die at Jerusalem if I have to, for the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Faith. Lord, I'm going, and if I have to die, I will die for you. I love that. I will die for you. I have to go to Jerusalem, even if I have to die in Jerusalem. So when he would not be persuaded, how can you persuade someone where the heart is burning with the Lord Jesus Christ is burning his heart to go? So when he would not be persuaded, he stopped saying, here it is, the key, the will of the Lord be done. Underline that, memorize that in your own personal life. 
Turning it over to the Lord. Whatever you're going through, whatever you want to be answered by the Lord, let it be what? Thy will be done. Lord, I'm turning it over to you. Such an important thing in our lives to know and to do. From now on, you know that. Thy will be done. Yes, the Lord's will will be done. And after those days, we packed and went up to Jerusalem. So here is in Caesarea. He packs up. And they go to Jerusalem. Imagine 64 miles from Caesarea to Jerusalem. Up to Jerusalem always. And so they're going up in verse 16. And also some of the disciples from Caesarea went with us. And brought with them a certain mason of Cyprus. An early disciple with whom we were to lodge with. Notice that. This guy came from uh, the island of Cyprus. Like Barnabas did. And here's with Paul and Luke. And when we had come to Jerusalem. Now you guys have been to Jerusalem. You come from Caesarea. All the way up to Jerusalem. Or we're coming from the back of the desert. We're coming from the Sea of Galilee over to the Dead Sea. And then going up to Jerusalem. Well when you're coming from Tel Aviv. And you're coming to Jerusalem. It's not the same thing coming from the back or from the front. You don't see the same scenery. When you come from the Dead Sea, you're coming up, and you're coming up this road, and all of a sudden you make a turn, and to your left you see the Dome of the Rock. And here is the Mount of Olives. You go, wow. And when they take up in the Mount of Olives, you look this way, and here is the beautiful city of Jerusalem. Amazing. You go, wow. You start weeping because you read about it so much. Man, that's why they'll be, go to Jerusalem. Man, sacrifice, go to Jerusalem. I promise your life will never be the same. Never. Your life will change so rapidly. Because when you open your Bible and you read, you go, wow, man, I've been there. And this picture comes into your mind. And the history comes into your mind. And the lesson comes into your mind. And the Lord begins to minister in a different way. So here's Paul. He says, and when we had come to Jerusalem, the brethren received us gladly. And on the following day, Paul went in with us to James, and all the elders were present. This is James, the brother of Jesus, that's there. He says, and when he, James, had greeted them, he told in detail those things which God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. James says, well, this is what's happened with the Gentiles. And the Lord's given me this ministry. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. But then at the same time, they had gotten saved without the law. They got saved by faith in Jesus Christ. The Jewish Christians were pressing, yes, we've been saved by faith in Jesus Christ. But the Gentiles also have to live by the law. You can't do that. They were totally caught up on that. Yes, I'm a Christian, but the law is important. No, grace is more important than the law. You see, we've been set free. Christ died for our sins. He shed his blood. He goes on to say, And when they, the leaders, heard it, they glorified the Lord and they said to him, You see, brother, how many merits of Jews... There are who have believed, and they are all zealous for the law. See, they believe in Jesus, but they're zealous for the law. They didn't want to let go of the law. They wanted everybody. So if you're a Gentile, you got to get circumcised. Well, you're a Christian already, right? Imagine. 
And Paul says, you don't have to do that. All you have to do is accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you can get rid of the law. You can be free. But they were Jews, and they were caught up with the law of God. Then he goes on to say, but they had been informed about you. Notice, accusing Paul. But they have been informed about you, and you teach all Jews who are among Gentiles to forsake Moses, saying that they are not to be circumcised. You see? They're talking about Paul. Not being saved by faith only, but you have to be circumcised. He says, And their children nor to walk according to their customs. So they come against Paul. Then it says, remember the warning, don't go to Jerusalem. Well, here it comes. He says, what then? The assembly must certainly meet. So they're going to have a meeting. For they will hear that you have come. So he, they're going to inform every Paul's here now. And therefore, because of this, do what we tell you. We have four men. We have taken a vow. And then he says, take them. Be purified with them and pay their expenses so that they may shave their heads and that all may know that those things of which they were informed concerning you are, he says, you are nothing, but that you yourselves also walk orally and keep the law. Paul, why don't you go ahead, take this for a guy, shave your head, go to the temple, and then you know what? You'll appease these people. Why should Paul do that? When we're free for the grace of God, not the law. He goes on verse 25. But concerning the Gentiles who believe we have written and decided that they should observe no such thing, you see, except that they should keep themselves from things offered to idols, from blood, from things strangled, and from sexual immorality. Amen, Paul says. That's it. No law. We're under grace. And it's so sad that even today, people get so caught up with religion instead of relationship. All these rules and regulations to be a Christian. Don't do this, don't do that. That's what the Holy Spirit was given because he tells you what to do and what not to do. We don't need man's regulations. We need God's word. God's word is so important when we read it, when we study it. Then we can be informed. We can be fed by the word of God. And Paul had been doing that for years and years. And here they want him to compromise. How can we compromise when we know the truth of Jesus Christ? Why should I become like you when I have to become like Christ? And think about that for a moment. I mean, Paul is, I mean, he blew me away. Well, it's our hope that Paul's example of unwavering devotion has stirred your heart to respond to God's call on your life. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to hear today's program in its complete form, just call us at 800-634-9165 and ask for Raul's teaching from Acts chapter 21. We'll send a copy to you for a donation of $5 or more. We'd also like to tell you about Raul's four-lesson study of the Holy Spirit. Available on either CD or a thumb drive, this series shows how the third member of the Trinity will encourage, guide, and empower you when you listen for the leading of His voice. You don't have to act in your own strength or ideas, but can trust the Lord to go before you in accomplishing His perfect will. 
To order Rolf's four-message Holy Spirit study, visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. We'll send your USB drive for a gift of $12 or the CD pack for $19. Our number once again is 800-634-9165. If you'd like to order this resource by writing us, our mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, Post Office Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. We encourage you to explore all of our free resources. Straight Talk with Rawl streams on his YouTube channel every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific. This program explores more of what it looks like to walk in step with the Lord, and you won't want to miss out on it. To enjoy Rawl's teaching at your convenience, browse iTunes or Spotify for Somebody Loves You Radio as a podcast. You'll also find biblical encouragement with Rawl's daily devotional emails. Subscribe by going to somebodylovesyou.com. Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese is made possible because of the generosity of partners like you. Every gift you give is tax deductible. Be sure to join us next time for our continuing series in the book of Acts. Meditating on the Apostle Paul's testimony of his stunning conversion, you'll be moved to ponder the Lord's saving, transformative work in your life as well. With a closing comment, here's Raul. Verse 26. He says, And Paul took the men, and the next day, having been purified with them, having been purified with them, entered the temple to announce the expiration of the days of purification, at what time an offering should be made for each of them. So you had the burnt offerings, you had the peace offerings, you had the sin offerings. Sin offering, no longer Jesus became what? Our atonement for our sins. So here is Paul. The burnt offering was a sacrifice of consecration of my life. Paul, in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, Therefore I beseech you, brethren, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your minds. That's what Paul says. You guys, it's no longer sacrifices. The sacrifice has been complete. Jesus died for our sins. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.